All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business. This is Simone Grogan with your Friday afternoon headlines. Shareholders in Perth-founded technology company Nearmap have narrowly approved a $1 billion takeover by US private equity group Thomas Bravo. At a shareholder meeting in Sydney today, 78% of shares were voted in favour of the deal, just above the 75% minimum requirement. The takeover scheme also required support from 50% of shareholders. The takeover, pitched at $2.10 per share, valued Nearmap at about $1 billion. The beneficiaries include Perth Investor and Nearmap non-executive director Ross Norgard, who held a 4.5% stake in the company after being one of its early backers. Another notable shareholder is Chief Executive Rob Newman, with a 2% stake. He has been involved with the business for more than a decade and moved to Sydney in 2015 to become a Chief Executive. And a former client of Western Suburbs real estate agent Vivian Yap did not appear in court today, delaying his fate after being found guilty of contempt. Miss Yap and her former Mount Claremont client Sandy Matic have been embroiled in legal proceedings since February over claims he threatened to disrupt the Ray White Dalkeith real estate agent's business. Mr Matic was found guilty of contempt of court in October, with Supreme Court Justice Marcus Solomon ruling that his email to Miss Yap was a threat and a breach of court orders. Justice Solomon was expected to deliver a decision on Mr Matic's penalty at a Supreme Court hearing this morning. However, Mr Matic was again absent, despite being scheduled to appear today. Justice Solomon decided to reserve his decision and said any consequences should be communicated to Mr Matic directly. He is scheduled to deliver his decision next Wednesday afternoon. And in property, an eight-storey apartment block will be built on the Sorrento Plaza site after the state's planning commission approved the $73 million project. Developer Magara's $73.7 million proposal to build 75 apartments in a development named Aura Sorrento was lodged via the state government's State Development Assessment Unit pathway. The Western Australian Planning Commission approved the project at its meeting yesterday. Aura Sorrento will be built on a 5,780 square metre area bounded by West Coast Drive, Padbury Circle and Drake's Walk. Other features of the development include a cafe, restaurant and liquor store. Magara Development Manager Trent Durwood said he expected a number of the existing tenancies to return. And in other news, more than 1,000 nurses assembled at the steps of Parliament House this morning, defying the industrial umpire's orders in search of a 5 pay bump. Nurses filtered in from early this morning with Australian Nursing Federation State Secretary Janet Ray addressing a raucous crowd just after 11am. Ms Ray told members they had tolerated the public sector wages cap for too long, with salaries declining from the highest in the country in 2017 to the second lowest today, ahead of only Tasmania. She said the campaign was about respect and giving patients the care and attention that they not only deserve, but had a right to. Workers from Fiona Stanley Hospital, Perth Children's Hospital and Royal Perth Hospital were among those to walk off the job for today's strike, which will last until 9pm tonight. Category 2 and 3 elective surgeries scheduled for yesterday and today were postponed as a result. And coming up next, Jordan Murray and Matt McKenzie talk more on the topic of nurses' strikes and the outlook for IR battles ahead. Stay on top of the latest news stories that are impacting your business, industry or sector. The New Look Business News app gives subscribers breaking news alerts, access to e-editions, articles by category as well as our advanced data and insight search function to find projects, people and companies. 
It's your mobile portal to the latest intelligence on commerce, politics and industry, wherever you are. Stay informed at critical times and download today. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash app, download on the App Store or get it on Google Play now. Welcome back to Eight Close of Business. I'm Jordan Murray and as always on Friday, joined by my partner in crime, Matt McKenzie. Matt, how are you today? I'm good, Jordan. How are you? I have been at a strike all morning, uh, Matt, and the energy is infectious, but it was hot, humid, and I needed a drink of water desperately. I so can I'm, I'm glad to be back here. With I didn't even bring a glass of water into the studio with me, so more fool me. But I'm also amped up. It was a it was a sight to behold. Thousands of nurses outside Parliament. Um, fighting for what they think is right. And of course it got a lot of media coverage this week, Jordan. It did get a lot of media coverage and it has been getting a lot of media coverage because I think partly because it's been such a shambles up to now. Uh, I've detailed this a bit in uh, my article that's online at the moment and and previous articles on this issue, but there was a situation a couple of weeks ago where the union and the state government had come to an in-principle agreement Mm. where the nurses would accept 3% pay increases per annum as opposed to the 5% they were asking for. Plus bonuses. Plus bonuses in exchange for nurse-to-patient ratios being introduced, which was a key demand of the, uh, the negotiations. The union walked back that agreement Mm. in part because when they took it to members, members didn't actually want it. And Mark Olson, who had been leading the negotiations up to that point, uh, was sidelined in favour of Janet Ray, who it's worth noting was the person who may have accidentally uh, said that the union would have to accept 3% pay per annum, which the Premier seized upon. Yeah, and that's right. She said that outside the Industrial Relations Commission, didn't she? She said it looks like we'll have to take it. Is that right? Yes, it was. And, and she did caveat that response and she did have riders to it. So it wasn't as if she was saying, look, we'll take lower pay. But I think the way in which she said it was inelegant and it opened herself up and the union to these sorts of criticisms that they do face and particularly the calls the Premier is now making for the strike to stop. I believe leading up to the strike today, he was saying, that it was unnecessary and that they'd already won and that there was no point in taking industrial action. So this culminated today in the strike. So a few days ago, Janet Ray went to the Industrial Relations Commission, came out and uh, was apoplectic in a very brief media appearance. It lasted about 80 seconds. Uh, she was furious that the commissioner had threatened to summons the transport company uh, that takes nurses to the rally on Friday and... Uh, if they did that, because it would contravene her orders for them not to go ahead with the strike. What if they took Ubers? Then that could really get complicated. Which is what she said. She said, are they going to take taxis off the road, take buses off the road? Nevertheless, they made it there today, and it was absolutely raucous. I spoke to a few nurses at the rally, and I asked them, in fact, I said, did the fact that the Industrial Relations Commission not sanctioning this strike frighten you at all? They, they said, said no. no. They said no. They well, said, what's the IRC going to do to them? Well, that's right. That's right. They'll probably do something to the Nurses' Federation, I anticipate. But they said the Nurses' Union is backing us. Mm. And they were very comfortable in that. Um, you could, again, the, the anger was palpable this morning. They're, they're adamant that they want this 5% pay increase as opposed to 3%. Were they worried about the patients? Because it didn't seem like Janet Ray was terribly worried about the patients, based on what I read on the front page of the newspaper this morning. She mentioned that today at the rally, in fact. And I think, again, this was maybe something that she said in a very inelegant manner. She said that, uh, I, I believe that it was this morning on 6PR, she was asked, well, if, if patients die today, is that not on you? And she said, not my problem. So obviously it's pretty cut and dry if, if that's what she said. But I think she's trying to say, well, that's the state government's issue. Now there's 
it's obviously a very charged debate, but there was this repeated insistence that, you know, they wouldn't be there if they didn't think that patients mattered and that was one of the the arguments they make for the nurse to patient ratios is that they want more nurses per patient so that patients are getting good quality care yeah nurse to patient ratios that's an interesting one because how do you make it work exactly Mm. Uh, and the other thing about it is i'm not i've not seen evidence that tells me necessarily that a four to one ratio is um tremendously better than say a 4.5 to one ratio or indeed a 3.5 to 1 ratio. You've got to weigh out where the cost is and where the benefit is. Um, and maybe the cost-benefit works out that a, a 3 to 1 ratio is best or 5 to 1 or, or whatever it might be. But this goes back to what I've said previously on this podcast, which is that the state government seems to be applying a lot of Band-Aids to the health system. Uh, there have been some, some problems. Uh, and, uh, you know, we should be very grateful, actually, to be honest with you, that we have the health system that we do have in Western Australia compared to some of the other places in the world. But, you know, they've, they've been applying Band-Aid solutions where they need more beds or they want to get, uh, you know, this, health, this, this ratio because it will get them out of a strike action and all the rest of it. They just seem to be doing things um, as they come along to try and resolve issues than any sort of in-depth, longer-term thinking about what will make the system work better and more effectively and, and reduce the workload for nurses. And reduce the need for people to be in hospital beds. I mean, I remember there was a study done some years ago, I think, from someone from the NHS that came here that talked about the potential for at-home care. Gary Adsed wrote about that Auditor General's report about that huge number of people stuck in hospital beds that didn't need to be there um, because there was nowhere else for them to go afterwards. I mean, wow. So, so that's the big question in all of this. Is the actual solution to spend a billion dollars on new hospital beds or is it to spend you know 200 million dollars on giving somewhere giving people somewhere to go once they're getting discharged from hospital it's not clear um it doesn't seem like the state government knows or has even really thought about it jordan it is an interesting topic to discuss isn't it because i think efficiencies in health is in the health system and health systems everywhere really uh, is something that we're going to have to think about increasingly in the coming decades and that's because the population is aging and there'll be fewer people working and obviously as the population ages that means there's more sick people so this is a long-term structural issue that will need to be addressed back on the topic of industrial relations though the federal government is still seeking to push through its industrial relations reforms over the objections of the business community and we've seen some increased increasingly tough words from uh, industry bodies, particularly the Chamber of Commerce today came out with a survey about how these changes might affect regional businesses. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts on this? Because it seems, based on what I'm reading, that the intent is to get these changes passed before Christmas. Well, uh, the Nurses' Federation said something to the effect of today's strike would be a glimpse of the future. Chaos in the hospitals would be a glimpse of the future. It is. It's not a glimpse of the difference between the nurses getting a 3% pay rise instead of a 5% pay rise, remembering that there are some big bonuses being offered as well. This is a glimpse of the chaos that would be unleashed if we get our national industrial relations laws wrong. And there's been a bit of debate about this topic. Not enough, though, about the government's IR changes because there's a lot of concern that it's been quite rushed and they want to get get it all done before the end of the year. Many groups are saying that they haven't been able to see all of the details and been able to explore exactly what the outcome will be. And it's been interesting because I know at least one employer group has made some claims and then Tony Burke has said, no, no, that's wrong for these reasons. And you've got to really dive down into the details to try and work out who's right and who's wrong. So it's still early days and yet they're still trying to get it through Parliament. But here's the point, right? If we get our industrial relations laws wrong, there will be chaos in 
every industry, every sector, it doesn't do one thing to increase productivity and today really doesn't do one thing to help patients. Um, and so we're left in this situation with respect to the nurses that the Premier Mark McGowan now absolutely cannot give in. That's how he'll be feeling. He'll feel like he cannot give in because that would give a signal that it is open season for pretty much every union and he he can't reward people who are ignoring orders from the Industrial Relations Commission. And uh, you know what? Premier McGowan can't give in and he won't. That's my prediction on what will happen with the nurses' strike. And in fact, perhaps the strike today, particularly given the ruling of the IRC, may even inflame that even more. I don't know if it actually draws them closer to their goal or takes them further away. Uh, with IR more generally, though, we've got to make sure we set up an IR system that enables workers and um, businesses to work together to drive up productivity because that's what drives up wages and drives up living standards. It's not about working harder, not about working harder or working longer hours. It's about enabling our workers, our Aussie workers, to do the best they can with the time that they have. And it's the business's job to enable them. It's the business's job to make sure they've got the tools and the training to be as good as they can be in the time that they have every day. That's what drives up productivity and is going to get us better living standards. And the trouble with multi-employer bargaining, for example, is we're yet to see any evidence that it's going to lead to higher wages over the long term. In fact, the evidence says quite likely it won't. Um, and that's because it doesn't drive up productivity. It doesn't link to productivity at all. It just perhaps leads to a, you know, uh, it might lead to more industrial action. And there's a lot of debate as to how all of this will play out, but based on the evidence I've seen, it is likely that this bill is going to lead to more industrial action. That's my interpretation, Jordan. What you said there before was quite interesting about whether or not this strike will inflame tensions. Uh, I do think that is an interesting point to note because this is being done, as, we, as we've noted, against the IRC's orders. And I don't like using the term illegal strike, but we have a system and we have definitions of what legal industrial action is and illegal industrial action is. And I think it's interesting that the Health Minister particularly keeps coming back to this idea that this is illegal action, this is defying the orders of the IRC. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you were kind of getting to there, it almost makes the parties double down a little bit. Does it mean the ANF then becomes increasingly militant? Mm. Or does it mean that the Premier then washes his hands of it and says, I've said 3%, I've said nurse-to-patient ratios, thank you, there's your offer? take it or leave it. Just coming back to your point though as well, your broader point, it, it seems as if, and correct me if I've interpreted this incorrectly, it, it, it sounds as if you almost think, because obviously the nurses want to be paid more, but it seems like your belief is that we should be looking at productivity reforms that drive up productivity or things that make life easier for the nurses as opposed to just adding more money onto their salary. Well, I think that's the argument from a lot of the business lobbies and a lot of economists is if you want to drive up wages in the long term, you need to do it through productivity. Um, because ultimately, uh, you know, it's not. It's, perhaps it doesn't sound as snazzy as sort of offering people pay rises or whatever else, but if you don't have pay rises uh, that are supported by productivity gains, you're going to end up in a situation where potentially it, it just pushes up costs. It just moves cash from, or it moves, you know, pay from one industry to the next, to the other, to the next, and then everyone's competing with each other. Um, I mean, think about, we talk about multi-employer bargaining. Is that going to lead to... Uh, What's, it going to, what's going to happen on our mine sites? What's going to happen in all our oil and gas projects if, if there's multi-employer bargaining there or if it's easier to strike there? It sounds to me um, that uh, potentially it's going to 
lead to higher leverage for those sorts of unions. I don't think it leads to health workers having any more leverage. You know, it doesn't lead to nurses having any more leverage. So I don't know if it helps fix the pay gap or that it really helps um, improve wages for the types of people that we hope and think it will improve wages for. Here's an interesting thing just to look at because we're talking about what's actually the interpretation of how the bill's going to work and everybody disagrees about it. Uh, the Australian uh, Resources and Energy Employers Association had a view. Tony Burke disagreed with it. So Tony Burke said, if you're on the West Coast, the concept of getting a majority support determination up from the workforce is something that has never come close. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean that it won't happen in future. And it's worth noting that um, the Employer Association's interpretation is backed up by a fact sheet by the Federal Department of Workplace Relations because this uh, fact sheet says the bill proposes removing the requirement for employee bargaining representatives, such as a union, removing the requirement for them to obtain a majority for them to obtain a majority support determination to initiate bargaining if the proposed agreement would replace an earlier single enterprise agreement that had passed its expiry date. So his point about, oh, well, you've never got a majority support determination, firstly, is irrelevant because that doesn't mean it won't happen in future. And secondly, it's irrelevant because the text of his own department suggests that um, the, it will remove the requirement for a majority support determination. So these are the finicky little things in this bill that, um, you know, people are disagreeing about how it's going to play out or whatever. But gee whiz, um, that could be really important. The impact on potential strikes and strike action um, could be really significant. And again, I go back to the point, we've not seen any evidence this is going to drive up wages in the long term, Jordan. To read more on the nurses' strike today, head online now to businessnews.com.au and make sure to stay tuned to Mark My Words, which is also available online. Now, in the meantime, Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Jordan. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.